in the game of basketball, stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish and Alex Clancy. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio, Rebound Radio. I was gone last week. Matt Fish flawlessly held down the fort (laughs) while I was gone. Um, 888-346-9144. Call us if you have any questions for Matt. Follow Matt at Rebound Talk on Twitter. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Check out voiceamerica.tv. I will be talking about this in about two minutes as to why especially you should be checking out that website for our video content uh, section of uh, Rebound Magazine magazine and Rebound um, Radio as a whole. Uh, Matt, I missed you last week. Ah. Um, I listened to the show. It was excellent. Well, thank you. Um, we had Pat Burke on, former NBA player. I believe we're going to have him on next week. We have a very special guest, Jonathan Harris from Athlife.com. Today we'll get to yep. him in just a moment as well. But as we do every show to uh, kick it off every week, I lend or I give the rings over the reins over to Matt to uh, get us up to date on everything that's happened in the NBRPA in the last um, week or two. So, Matt. The stage is yours. Okay. Uh, Tuesday night, it was fantastic. We had a chance to go up to this place in that's close to the uh, – it's in the west side over there at the uh, um, uh, 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 football stadium they play in over there, uh, the University of Phoenix Stadium. And um, the, the place was called um, – we went to a, a Cowboys Saloon. And what this was was former NFL players bringing awareness to sleep apnea. And so really we've had all these heart attacks in the NBA. And so there, there, there may be a tie-in between sleep apnea and, and heart attacks. And so knowing that in November or somewhere, maybe December, we're having the sleep apnea come here. So the Players Association of the NBA is going to come here and give free uh, screenings of your heart. So heart screenings are to take care of you, make sure that everything's on the up and up. Uh, They did the same thing in Atlanta and 40% of the guys leaving out of their head issues. Uh, so when we went up to this thing on September 6th, so just last Tuesday, uh, it was great. They had a bunch of uh, uh, former and current NFL players, and we had some NBA players up there as well. We had David Johnson, so he was the Cardinals Rookie of the Year. He was up there, and he was fantastic uh, for the cause. You know, we also had Ron Wolfley, who was uh, – I had not met him before. but Macedonians. <laughs> He's an interesting guy. That's what he says. And then we had Roy Green. Uh, Derek Kennard, Chuck Robinson, Eddie Johnson was there. You know, we ended up having Carolyn Moose come out as well, and so did uh, Nick Shepard. And we've had Nick on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, it was just showing that, hey, man, you know what? There is a, an issue here, and uh, you should probably go get her checked out. And uh, so that being said, uh, I was glad to be able to lend our support to the retired uh, NFL players. And in turn, I'm trying to, and I'm hoping it'll work out, invite the NFL players to do the heart screening for the NBA players when they come to town. Yeah, and that's great. It's it's interesting that, and I've said this before, and and me coming from the quote-unquote fan side of things, which I think is a detriment to anybody that's called a fan, because fanatics are the worst fans in the world because they're, you know, just one team, that's it. It's somebody else's fault if my team loses. It's never, it, it was the wind or the, or the length of the blades of grass or whatever. <laughs> but coming from this side, um, I'm more and more impressed every time that I speak with Matt or people that are, f- are a part of the NBRPA or uh, somebody like John Harris who we'll have on in a minute uh, who works with the NBRPA 
Um, it, it really is a brotherhood it, uh, across all sports, and brotherhood is, is a term that everybody uses, but it really is pertinent. Uh, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, all these professional sports where um, you know, the average lifespan is not very long wearing the jersey with all the lights on, and you know, real life comes after that, and you can kind of mesh the two with the NFL and the NBA and, and to put it on for a good cause like sleep apnea is. It's a good thing. Well, oh, when the lights go out, right? You're right, though. There's a lot of uh, issues across the board. You know, you, you spend your whole life trying to get to the pinnacle of your sport, and, and you know, if you aren't completely invested in your sport, you won't make it to the level you know of professional sports. It's just such a com- competition, few and far between. And then you know, you're done, and you're old at 30. You know, you're like, oh, geez, I got to spend the rest of my life. What am I going to do now? So you got all this. What do I do? What do I do? And there's uh, resources like Athlife. Uh, John Harris has been, I see him up at the Legends World Sports Conference. I see him at the All-Star Game every year. John Harris has started Athlife. We have brought him on the show to share what he does in order to help these athletes transition. And they're all trying to figure out what's next. And John can kind of like steer them one way or another. And I'm excited to be able to, you know, get to hear what John's got to say and what he's, his experiences have been and, um, um, you know, how, how business is. And I, and I said that uh, I would touch back on voiceamerica.tv. Check it out. Go to the, when you click on the website, there's a big ass rebound logo yeah. in the middle of the of the homepage. Right. Click on it, you'll see a bunch of the video content that Matt and I put together at the NBA Legends World Conference in Vegas mm-hmm. uh, a couple months ago. And probably my favorite, and I, I probably my favorite interview that I got to do because I didn't know I was going to interview anybody. So mm. it was I was happy that I got to do it initially. And then we caught John on his way out of the registration room. And he, t- he was gracious enough to take five or six minutes with us. And uh, I learned a lot about Athlife in that six minutes, and we're going to dive more into it now. So let's welcome on Mr. John Harris, the president of Athlife.com. Um, John, how's it going? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. Yeah, of course. And uh, we've talked about this, and, and, and I told Matt after the, uh, the conference that I was really intrigued by what Athlife.com had to, uh, had to offer and, and the different levels and tiers of of different things that, that the company does offer as a whole. First of all, before you get into how you started this company, I want you to tell me what a life fleet is. Uh, a life fleet is, uh, it actually came from one of the guys we were working with. Um, he actually termed himself that after working with us for quite some time. And we thought, wow, wouldn't that be so much nicer than to, to use instead of using the term former player? Cause, cause a lot of times that, um, has a negative connotation you know we always say when you a, a, a former player it's almost like a new car driving off the lot you know that's a, there's a depreciation that happens with it and and we we're trying to get away from that because we believe that the, that these life leads have so much to offer there's all these transferable skills there's all these great things that they can bring to the organizations which they work for and uh you know we do we we spend some time uh combating some of the negative uh images that are out there because you know, you guys know how it is. It's the clickbait. The, mm-hmm. the more negative the story, the more people are going to look at it. And you guys know you were at that conference, and Matt, you you've been around the NBA and, and pro athletes a long time. It, there's a lot of guys doing a lot of really great things out there, oh, and yeah. so uh, we want we want to change the narrative a little bit. So that's a that's a term that we use, and um, you know, it's um, it's really starting to stick. Uh, so you're speaking to a uh, Lamborghini and a Pinto here. Uh, if we're talking about <laughs> driving cars off the lot, I'll let you decide which one's which. Um, let's go to 
the inception of Athlife.com. Did you? And, and for those of you who don't know, and I'm, John will talk more about this. It works with the NFLPA, Retired Player Services, NFL Players Association, as well as the NBRPA. So, what was your first phone call in an effort to start this Athlife.com? If you can remember. Well, yeah. I mean, this has been my life's work. You know, I was a, a college athlete and was able to. Uh, transition into an internship, which was actually the, the origins of the education program for the NFL. It was out of the 93 collective bargaining agreement. Player development was established uh, without the NFL. And so they didn't know how it would take. Would guys actually use the services? Would they be interested? And lo and behold, um, you know, we built the education program for the NFL, which then they hired me to bring in and set up at the NFL. And it was, you know, it was a great opportunity for me. I learned a lot. And what I realized at the time was when guys became former players, uh, we weren't really able to work with them anymore. You know, our, our focus was on the active player population. So I said, gee, there's a opportunity in the marketplace. I'd never really intended on starting a business. So that was way back in 2004. I left the NFL and, um, I just started uh, going door to door and, you know, primarily to the unions because, you know, the, the way we have it structured now, it's an earned benefit for the guys. So it, it, there's no cost to, to those who utilize it. Again, as you said, we work with the NFL Players Association, the trust, which is jointly funded between the NFL and the NFLPA, and, and it's where we get a lot of activity. Um, we uh, work with some of the active guys through the NFLPA as well. We work with uh, the NBRPA the NBA Legacy Fund, Major League Soccer's Union, and, and we've got a, a host of other folks uh, uh, potentially in, in, in the pipeline as well. And, you know, we've done a ton of work with colleges and universities as well because ultimately that's what's feeding, you know, the, uh, the professional leagues. Well, you know, as a former pro athlete myself playing for the NBA, I was curious, uh, you know, can you share – what the steps are to, you know, if, if I am looking for that career transition need, um, what are the steps? Well, you know, again, this is a, this is a benefit of being a member of mm-hmm. the NBRPA, right. the, um, you know, being a former player, uh, you know, the NBA legacy fund, you have to have played at least three years, but uh, there's some other benefits of being a, a member of the NBRPA or being a member of the NFL Retired Players Association, or um, you know, the trust is a benefit if you played a minimum of two years and you're a former NFL player. That's something that you can access. And Major League Soccer, it's a little bit more geared towards the active players, and you know, because there's a cap on that. And uh, in general, we find the former players are the ones who are most ready and most interested and in, in engaged in the services. So, John, real quick, uh, there are two things that impress me about this website. One, your name isn't even on it, and that's like the, just the opening page because it's more about the product. And we see so many times in in web based companies that it's all about you know the CEO and like this is what I've done. Let me help you do it. It really seems like that this is really about the cause, and you can tell right away just even as small as how the website's constructed, and that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, um, and you know, I, I I appreciate you that you noticing that we we try to make this about those that we serve. Um, this is really a service business. The the people who you know work at Athlife, uh, they're very talented. They if if they worked on Wall Street, they'd be a lot wealthier. But um, the, they truly have a calling to do this work and and help people. Um, a vast majority have worked 
uh, in college athletics, really working with the elite athletes on that, on that side. And, you know, I've been able to get a lot of really good people over, which is, uh, which has really helped with the, the level of service we're able to provide. We're talking with founder and president of Athlete, John Harris. And I've, John, I've known you for several years. How long have you been involved with the MBRPA? I, I was trying to think back. Well, yeah, when, when Arnie came in, okay. um, we had a pre-existing relationship from when he was with um, the New Orleans Saints. The Saints. So he was aware of what we were doing, uh, again, at the time, um, many years ago. Uh, you know, when he was at the Saints, we had touch points with him with the player development and I mean, back then, I mean, they were just getting a player development director in place at the teams and trying to figure out, you know, what their roles and responsibilities. I mean, this, this whole industry is really brand new, if you think about it. And uh, so I guess I want to say, you know, seven years ago or so, I started working okay. with the MBRPA. Well, I know that you've been consistent. You continue to show up every time. I have enjoyed seeing your face. I know you're helping many of the members. Um, and I really do appreciate all the, the, the work that you put in. And, and I tell you what, you stick to it, too. You know, you, you've been there. You've, you've been there year in and year out. And, and, and that, you know, the first year, you know how it is. Like, ah, I don't know about that guy. And the second year, I was like, yeah, he's really doing great things. And then by the third year, like, man, I tell you what, that John fella. You know, so I, I just got to tell you, as I've learned more about Athlife, you know, I, I, you're just doing fantastic things. One of the questions I wanted to ask you was, uh, we do have some transferable skills, uh, and I'd like you to talk about that a little, but what are some of the shortcomings? You know, so what are some of the things that you're running into that, that it's like, come on, guys, you should know this, but it's kind of a reoccurring theme? Well, you know, I, I think things are across the spectrum. You know, we've got guys who are, you know, taking the MCAT and going to med school or law school, and then, you know, you got guys you know, driving truck, and then you got everything in between. Mm-hmm. Really what it comes down is, is uh, we believe, you know, we have uh, an unwavering belief in human potential. We believe that uh, that stick to I've had with business over the years to, to get this to where it is. We believe the guys have that. And sometimes a guy, you know, maybe things have been done for him as a, as a professional athlete, particularly the, you know, the elite athletes. And, uh, we know they have the ability to do it, so they need to be able to own the process. And sometimes it's a little bit of a fist fight. Um, we will not do your resume for you. Right. Uh, you have the ability to, but we'll guide you in the process because ultimately, when you get in an interview, if you haven't done it, you can't speak to it. And then, so there's a number of things that we have the guys take ownership of the process, and that sometimes is it, there. There's a little bit of a rub there, but ultimately. Um, we're not going, it's not like I'm going anywhere. So our advisor might call and say, Hey, your next step was X. You hadn't done it. Mm. So when you do that, I'm here for you on that next step after that. So, so it's a very symbiotic them. relationship yeah. that we have with the guys we work with. And we're speaking with uh, John Harris, the president of Athlife.com, working with the NFLPA and, more importantly, for this show, the NBRPA, National Basketball Retired Players Association. Man, it only took me two months to get that. <laughs> Dude, I was butchering NBRPA so hard when this show started. Okay, so um, there's one thing that I – the one major thing that I remember is a mistake I made when interviewing you was assuming that Athlife.com um, – uh, helped with financial things as well, financial I- I- advice and guidance and whatnot. That is not something that you do. Why is that? Well, that's not our expertise. 
um, you know, the, the people on our staff, you know, work with elite athlete relative to transition. Uh, there are plenty of people out there um, right. and plenty of programs available to athletes and former athletes relative to, you know, financial education and advising. And, um, you know, the, the people who should be doing that are the people who have licenses to do it and, you know, are governed. And um, we know we'll, we'll come across guys who have issues, you know, financial issues. And there are organizations such as like a financial finesse that is a partner of the NFLPA and, and um, I believe the NBA. And uh, they, they're there to give financial education. And ultimately, the guys have to take the advice. And so that's really the... That that's really where the the cha- the biggest challenge guys have on the financial ed side or the you know financial planning is, um, you know, and, and that's a whole other thing to unpack, which um, we probably need a whole other show for that. <laughs> what uh, I know, we talked about some of the shortcomings. I know some of the elite athletes, you know, can kind of be tough to deal with because they're used to having everyone hold their hand, and I. And I can also also understand that as that you know leads out into. Uh, um, you know, maybe the more the, they've been out of the game itself, maybe that's less the chance. Maybe if you get guys that are right out of the sport, maybe maybe it's more the, of the of the of, of the possibility or what happens. Uh, we're coming up on a break, but when we come back, I certainly would like to talk about what all the strong suits are that athletes possess. We'll be back, Rebound right. Radio, in just a sec. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. 
I think we should have Ron Wolfley do our intro one time and just say Macedonians a thousand times. Sounds like a caveman. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. This is Rebound Radio on Voice America Radio. Check out voiceamerica.tv, especially uh, with the content that we had interviewing Mr. John Harris, the president of Athlife.com, who we are, lucky, or we are lucky enough to have on air right now. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Follow Matt Fish at Rebound Talk on Twitter. Like the Legends of uh, Basketball, the NBA Legends, sorry. Um, on Facebook, like the Rebound Magazine page on Facebook. Yep. Uh, John, where can people reach out to you if they need or want if they want information uh, for Athlife aside from going to athlife.com? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the unions are a great place to go because um, a lot of times guys aren't aware of all they have uh, available to them as an earned benefit of you know playing in the leagues. Uh, guys have fought really hard. I, I think for many years, guys fought really hard for services for active players. And once those got entrenched and were really good, now there's so much coming out for former players that guys should be in the regular contract with, contact with their unions to get more information uh, because it's it's beyond just what we do. There's all kind of different service providers that can do things um, and really help guys along in their life. John, you're right there. I was done playing pro ball for two years and never heard of the NBRPA, and they're trying to change that trend so players that are current know that they have options after playing the game of basketball. Um, so, you know, that certainly is a push, and, and, and it's something that shouldn't happen. I should have known about that. And, and I don't think it was me. I'm, I'm, I don't let many things get by me, but somehow that slipped by me, so apparently they weren't doing a very good job of it. When we went to break, we talked about uh, some of the shortcomings that the athletes have, but then I kind of wanted to lead into what are some of the positive successes that these athletes have? What are some of the uh, good traits that they have uh, that transition to a career, a different career besides the sport they play? Well, I mean, I I think there's a a lot of um, research out there, in particular as of late around grit and the stuff that Angela Duckworth uh, has written. And if you haven't read it, She's had a new book come out. Uh, you know, when you talk about it, it, the people who make it to the NBA, it's the 400 best players in the world, right? Does that mean there's not a 401st great players out there and on and on? I mean, there's probably a couple thousand guys that could make it, but the guys who do figured something out, something special. Yeah, there's that elite guy like a Michael or a Steph, but these guys are gritty. They're... they're they're, they're the best .001% in the world at what they do. Mm. And, you know, that's something that can transition over that greediness, that work ethic. Um, you know, when they find something that they're passionate about, they can do really well. And we, we talk about it as, as almost like an accelerator, right? Sometimes guys have to come into a position, you know, they, they might be 28, 30 years old and have to come into an entry-level position. But once they're in there and they can show how hard they can work when it's something that they're passionate about, they're going to catch up to people pretty quick mm-hmm. because of all the previous professional experience that they've had. There's a lot, they had to show up on time. They've had to live up to terms of a contract. So these are things that guys have to be able to go in and articulate and get people to understand that this is something, this is baggage they're bringing in that's positive. Coachable. I would think that'd be a big one. You know, you've been coached Absolutely. your whole life. And they can be. Yeah. They, they certainly can be. Right. Talking to John Harris, president of athlife.com. Uh, one question that I, it always um, intrigues me is uh, history. And, and I'm not talking about familial history. Um, I'm talking about how 
much advantage was taken of their college when they went to college? Because you'd say more times than not, players will go to college before they go to any professional sport. Would Do you see the college that the player attended directly being correlated to the amount of drive they have once they join your uh, once they join Athlife, or is it just a crapshoot uh, among all crapshoots? Well, I mean, it, you know, I, that's a bit of a loaded question. You know, sometimes <laughs> sure, <recruits> I understand. <laughs> recruits, uh, recruits a certain type of a player, and maybe that guy's so talented he's able to make it. Uh, but in general, you know, I think that, um, you know, I, I think that these are individuals that that have made choices in their life to to get where they are and. Sometimes you're going to get a guy from UNC Wilmington that makes it in the league. Um, you know, just again, Matt, you can speak more to that. What, what was that separator that put you over? You know, the the twelve McDonald's All American that were on the North Carolina roster hmm. in the same state. Well, you know, for me, I just never had the uh, thought that I'd play pro ball. I just did what the coach wanted me to do. I, I made sure I took care of business, and I looked up my senior year, and I averaged you know 20 points, 10 rebounds, and led the nation in field goal percentage. So it was just, you know, I didn't have this pie-in-the-sky thing. It just kind of fell in my lap. So for me, you know, I feel guilty for those who, you know, when they're three, four, five years old, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a pro athlete. Well, that wasn't me, and it kind of fell in my lap. You know, so as it fell in my lap, I'm just like, yeah, you know, I, I, all these other people that don't even get a sniff, you know, the court, let alone make it all the way to get drafted to the NBA at UNC Wilmington. So to separate yourself, you just, to me, it was just like you said earlier, you know, show up early, stay late, hard work, do what's told, do what your expectations are. I went in my freshman year and screwed up pretty bad, so I had a lot to prove, and that was a big thing for me. Coming from Iowa and brought up the way I was with my family, it was you, you do things the right way. And when I went down there my freshman year, I don't want to go into it, and I will in another show, I got in trouble. I lost a year of eligibility. So I did what I did in three years, in just three years of basketball. But when I messed up, I had a chance to go to the University of Iowa. And in retrospect, if I knew I was playing pro ball, maybe I should have done that. But I didn't. And I tell you what, I dug in. And I knew that I had something to prove. And by the time I left UNC Wilmington, I was the most outstanding athlete of all the sports at Wilmington. So I was the highest honor you could give. And, and I just was floored that I, I had, had been able to prove that I am not a piece of dirt. You know what I mean? That I am somebody who uh, is good for their word. And when I signed that contract to go down there and play ball, I felt like I, after my fourth year of being there, you know, served it. So, yeah, you know, there's a fine line, John. There's a fine line on who does and who doesn't make it. Um, so, you know, you ride that fine line, but you do what you're supposed to do, and, and hopefully it'll, it'll, you know, kind of pan out in the long run. I mean... I didn't even know you you were a troublemaker. <laughs> oh, we got to we got to talk about that. <laughs> you and that haircut, God, that good Western boy. Um, I think that I misspoke. I was more talking about GPA in college, going to the oh, pros, yeah. and then I should have I should have said that if there was a direct correlation between drive in college, off the court, and then afterwards. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, and I yeah. well, I well, I will say this. Um, I don't I don't have the statistics on the NBA side, but. Um, for my master's thesis, uh, to mouthful, was the effect of educational achievement on the career, educational attainment on the career transition of uh, retired NFL players. And uh, one of the things I looked at was a study that was done by the NFLPA that looked at, um, you know, guys who, uh, the study stated essentially that guys who have their degree stay in the league longer and make more money. Well, the first part of that was true. I, I actually had about 80% of the transcripts. So 
um, from a statistically valid standpoint. Um, it, it absolutely is true. Guys who have their their degree are more likely to play in the league. Now, they won't necessarily make more money, and, and there's a lot of factors that, that make that to be. But, look, if you're going to stay in the league longer, you will make more money, so that's a good thing. And uh, really, you know, on the football side of things that we teased out were, you know, it, I think you got to be – people don't give – uh, pro athletes credit in terms of how smart they have to be in terms of, uh, you know, I, I know on the football side, you're learning a whole new vocabulary. You know, uh, the, you know, uh, Sam Bradford's leaving Philly. He's going to Minnesota. He has to learn a brand new vocabulary and a new place that, and he'll probably, if he doesn't start this weekend, start the following weekend. It's a hard thing to do. And, uh, we find that guys who are able to do that, you know, talent wise, they may, they may be a you know one might be a hair faster than the other but if the the one guy who is diligent enough to learn right and be able to be in the right place at the right time and can make the play he's more likely going to stick around so you're saying well and i think that it's a huge travesty that everybody how smart is the player well what was his wonderlick score i mean i think that's maybe just give him an iq test instead of a wonderlick score is more what you're saying because like, it's well, it, it's I'll, capacity I'll to that, learn right I, well, I ask this question to people a lot. What percent of the people in this country over the age of 25 have a college degree? What would you guess? Oh, sweet mother of... I, I don't... <laughs> 30. Yeah, I was going to say 42. Yeah, it's, 20, it's 28%. Wow. Right? What, what percent of guys in, in the NFL or uh, former NFL players have their degree? Lower than that. Go ahead, Lambeau. <laughs> uh, I got uh, 18%. I would say right around oh. the same number, but that's uh, right around fifty percent. Wow. Wow. See, that's crazy. A football player, and the and the half that don't, two thirds are a year or less away from their degree. Football players are actually more educated than the general population because wow. they have to, as part of their job training. Right? You got to play college. You got to go now. Would some of you guys get into college if it wasn't for football? No, but guess what? They went. They went through a process where they went four, maybe five years. You've got guys who have been socialized and educated, and they're bringing a lot to the table compared to the general population. So I'm a fierce advocate of making sure people understand that, that athletes are not these dumb jocks, that you may see a bad incident. For every bad incident that you see on ESPN, there's 10 great things going on and probably more of all the good. We started a campaign um, a while back, I think I mentioned to you before, it's hashtag more than. When we see guys doing great things, we like to hashtag it more than. Because when you have a guy, he's going in for an interview, and if the CEO or the hiring manager, all they know about pro football players is that they get in trouble because that's all they ever see, well, how likely is, how interested is the guy going to be in hiring this person? And sometimes they're not even able to get in the door. So we need to change the narrative because I think those are things that those are negative things that are getting in the way of athletes being able to successfully transition. And and just to just to coattail your point, I mean maturity comes with that too, right? I mean if you're in college Absolutely. for three or four years, you're actually an adult, kind of, when you go into whatever league you're going into, and not you know a, a child that's eighteen and a half years old that's going into well in the NBA is going in just you know, getting millions of dollars thrown at them. How many Michael Carter-Williams are there? I mean, there aren't many that defer all their money and are actually smart about it from the get-go. So that's a very interesting point. Yeah, and they, and they might have looked. They might have taken some lumps. Guys might have make, made some mistakes with different business ventures. But in the end, they are more mature. And 
Um, they've had to, um, in particular, NBA guys, they come in a little bit younger. They, I mean, the population looks different for the NBA than it does on the NFL. But in the end, um, you know, they, they, they've done some, some pretty uh, – they've done things that we'll never do. I'll just say that. Now, sorry, one quick question. And uh, another thing that I don't see on the website is names of athletes. So you, do you not focus on – which is – I mean. It, any successful corporation is successful on its own without having to have, you know, celebrity uh, people all over their website. Do you have some sort of um, NDA or something like that to, to uh, keep these people's names from out in the public? Yeah, we, we typically don't. Um, I mean, the guys you see on the site, those are, those are life leads, right? Those are former, you know, page one. Those are former NFL players. Right, I'm looking at it right at, now. Yeah, at the NFLPA, um, what are called um, – Regionals, so there's regional events where guys get together and they do professional development. And um, yeah, we, you know, that's more the population that we work with. Are there elite athletes that we have and that we do work with? Absolutely. But if somebody comes to my site and sees them, uh, it's not going to be relational to them. Fair. So we want to speak to the guys that the vast majority, uh, probably 99% of football players, could walk down the street and you wouldn't know who they are. Um, and then there's the Peyton Mannings and those guys, and I'm not saying that we're not there to help guys like that, but it, those guys, you know, Tom Brady's going to be okay. I need to work <laughs> with the guys who, um, you know, maybe have some different challenges. Yeah, and I, I tell you, being 6'11", you definitely know, you know, hey, did you play basketball? You get that all the time. But, you know, some of these football players are pretty good size, and, and baseball, I think, is even more. You're not even sure if they – you know, that they played pro ball. You're the stat guy today. You know, how about the uh, Major League Baseball? How many of those guys have their degree? I think that's really low is my guess. Yeah, you know what? I want to say that um, there's only a handful of guys in the league. I mean, statistically, the way baseball, um, they get guys, and you know, it's like three buckets. So you get the foreign players who come in, you get the kids right out of high school, and then you get uh, the, the kids who are drafted after their junior year. Mm-hmm. So a vast majority of them don't. And, um, you know, that's just, um, you know, hopefully that is going to, to change in the future. I know there was one time about, uh, and it's been a while, 15 years maybe, but I heard a stat where they were talking about the people in the Major League Baseball who had a degree, and they were wondering, what's the number? And the number was one. I'm yeah, not kidding. I think I, think I want to say the number is like four, maybe it's either four or four percent. I can't remember, but it was, it's pretty low. Yeah. But a lot there are a lot of guys that have made significant progress. So I, I do think that's going to change. And there, there, um, you know, I, I think that baseball is looking at doing some things to impact that. Well, and, and it's interesting because you, you said initially when you first came on that you initially focused on the active player, the players that are still in the league, and now you're moving towards the retired players. Isn't it interesting that this, that's a loaded? I'm going to ask that question differently. Um, everybody seems to be younger going into professional sports now. So the age range of the retired player in 10 years could be the age range of the active player now in, in, to, to a large degree because everybody's going in and getting out earlier than they used to, which means your athlife.com would be so much more pertinent than it already is. I mean, do you see that trend helping you? that everybody's coming in younger and hopefully they have a long career, but if they don't, you're there to help with their resume and, and mock interviews and whatnot? Yeah, well, you know, so I think that there's different buckets. So, like, on the NFL side, I think it, it, 
they're only going to be able to get so young. And I think a lot of that is the physical development. Sure. You know, guys are, are, I'd be surprised if guys start coming out of high school, even if the rules changed and we're able to walk into the league and play. I think on the NBA side, um, you know, the, the difference on the NBA is a guy might get cut and then he can go overseas and still play another 10 years and make really good money. Mm-hmm. Football, you can't do that. You can go to Canada and make 60 grand, and a lot of guys, once they get cut, they're, they're not feeling Canada or mm-hmm. the Arena League, right? So they have options, but they don't, they don't exercise it. So, you know, a football guy might be done at, you know, on average 24, 25 years old. They're playing on average uh, mm-hmm. 3.2 years right now, right? So they're graduating to 21, 22, so they're 24, 25 when they're done on average. Wow. Um, and, you know, you're talking 300 guys are cycling out of the league every year. NBA guys, well, I'm going to go overseas, and now I may be 30, 35 before I really start my career transition. So um, it, it's, a di- it's a totally different thing you're dealing with. Even though they might be getting out of the league starting younger, they have other opportunities. Yeah, and I, I was lucky enough to play into my early 30s as well, and some of that was overseas. You're absolutely correct. I, I finished my career in China. I did some in uh, Warsaw, Poland. Uh, got to see the world, you know, got to be able to just extend it a little bit longer. That being said, you know, uh, um, and the NFL, like, I could see not feeling going to, you know, the Arena League or, or You wouldn't want to play with the Alouettes? <laughs> well, you You're know. You T.O. But it's such a, a difference of, of even style of play, you know, and it's the same way in the basketball uh, world, but uh, – you know, I tell you, um, it's interesting to see these running backs. I, the, the career, the running back career, shortened and shortened too, just because of the head trauma. And you know, I can see people getting in, getting their money, and getting out. You know, it makes complete sense. And to that's me. that's an interesting point. We will uh, touch on that on the other side of the break. Hopefully, John will stay with us for our final segment. John Harris has been uh, nice enough to be on the line with us for our entire show so far, president of Athlife.com. On the other side, we might talk about a 30 for 30 episode we were talking about off air. Uh, We're definitely going to continue to talk about Athlife.com and all its services. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. Mr. Jonathan Harris on the line. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take voice america on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market
You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. Final segment, Alex Clancy and Matt Fish in studio. John Harris, the president of Athlife.com, A-T-H-L-I-F-E.com, has been nice enough to join us for our show. Uh, We've covered pretty much everything that uh, Athlife has uh, to offer on a broad spectrum. Uh, We're getting the nice little ins and outs here towards the latter part of the show. Follow Matt at Rebound Talk. Uh, Email him as the the promo said at mattfish.com at reboundmagazine.com if you want to um, get any information on the NBRPA or sponsorship opportunities because there's a lot of sponsorship opportunities and NBRPA is is getting bigger and bigger, snowballing every day. So you might want to get in uh, now before um, he has no room to put sponsors mm-hmm. on his magazine, which he always will. Go to voiceamerica.tv. There's a lot of great content on there. Uh, Matt and I had some great interviews at the NBA Legends Conference uh, a couple months back in Vegas. We got um, uh, Cherokee Parks and George Lynch, one of my personal favorites, and Keith Claus, who I think got offered to play in China. He did. I saw that thing on, on yeah, Facebook. He did. That dude is still 7'3", and he's still <laughs> long. He can still block shots. So um, one of the nicest guys that oh, I've met yeah. when I was there, and, and probably my favorite interview, as I said before, and I'm not just saying that because he's on the other line, uh, John Harris, president of Athlife.com, reaching out for um, servicing education, career development, life skills for life leets. Uh, players that are in still the NFL, NBA, or retired uh, NFL pl- uh, retired players association, the NBA um, RPA as well, NBRPA as well. Uh, John, thanks again for joining us. And is there any information that you want to give us that we haven't found out about? How we can reach out uh, for you, or how listeners can reach out uh, to Athlife? Well, you know, I, I think that there's um, again through the website is. Certainly, uh, you know, we have our, our contact, and we have a lot of information about uh, what we do. I think our social media channels, um, we put out something every week called Life Leap Fundamentals, where really it's a 400-word blog, blog format where we'll take on, you know, something relative to career transition, career development, or education. And um, I think it's pretty interesting in terms for, for those who can utilize the services to, to see the breadth of, in the scope of what we're able to offer. Uh, we also, you might trip across the Athlete Foundation, which is our yeah. 501c3 not-for-profit. Um, and essentially, uh, that is putting the position of academic coach to work with student-athletes on the high school level and really in our, most, our nation's most challenges community. So we're, you know, in in a bunch of schools here in New York and Brooklyn and the Bronx and, you know, we're in Oakland and, you know, we're on a couple of Native American reservations. And really, um, we impact more people through the foundation. I mean, we're impacting, you know, 5,000 kids throughout the school year, you know, on a daily basis with that program. And, you know, we really think uh, the sky's the limit in terms of what we're, who we're able to impact with that pro- with the programming on that side. So with, with regards to the foundation, because we haven't touched on that yet, uh, do you centralize it around sports as the pseudo-foundation to get kids to go to the camp and then teach life skills around it? Or is life skills the main goal with an accent of sports on the other side? Yeah, so, so the person who's in place, we do it through our various partners, such as the Heisman Trophy Trust, uh, the Washington Redskins Charitable Foundation, um, and uh, a, a number of other different sports-related entities and individual donors. And essentially the person 
who is in place working with the student athletes. These are people who these are students that are playing football and basketball and you know even badminton. You know they're playing a sport at the school, and this gives them additional touch points. All right, so you're going to come in. There's going to be a study hall component. There's service learning components. And so the people who are working with those students, you know, it's not a camp format. This is actually at the school during the school year. And, you know, 40 years ago, academic support for student-athletes didn't exist on the college level. Now it's this huge industry. And there's, you know, there's whole buildings and there's, you know, entire staffs dedicated to athletes and graduation and career development. And so what we're what we've done is we've really created that on the high school level. And what that does is create just a whole nother level of preparedness for when those students do make it to the next level. We would never tell a kid, uh, you can't make it to the pro. We'll say, okay, well, if you want to play college or if you want to play pro, here are some of the things that you need to do to give yourself a chance. And a large part going to college is a big piece of that. And so it kind of gets the hooks into them and, when you compare them to the general student population, the students graduate at a higher rate, they have higher GPAs, more of them take the SAT. So there's a lot of things, a lot of positive impact that can happen. Well, I just love that. And being the president of our nonprofit out here, the Phoenix chapter, we need to talk offline because we need to get some programs like that rolling out down here. And I'd love to help in any way, shape, or form that I can. Earlier, we were talking Great. about some 30 and 30s on ESPN. And you know, I wanted to touch on when, when 30 and 30 talked about all the bad things that the pro athletes were doing, blowing their money, you know, and just really embarrassing the athlete. My, my biggest thing is they missed the mark. And, and this is how I feel they missed the mark. Here's the solution. There was no solution. And why would you not follow up bashing the athlete with, so this is what we're going to do about the situation. What were you telling me earlier, John, about uh, 30 and 30? I know we had a nice conversation started. Yeah, and first of all, I love the 30 for 30s. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think that, you know, the, um, the stories that they tell, they're great. And, um, you know, I, I think they missed a piece with the, uh, the episode, uh, the broke episode. You know, uh, really, the, the real story is, is not pretty and it's not flashy. It's you know, you got a guy, uh, and again, I'll speak to football because we work with a lot of football guys, and we're, it's very relative. They they might play a year or two. Um, you know, the average career is 3.2 years. So, uh, you know, they might play a year or two, and now they're going to make a little bit more money their second year and a little bit more money their third year. And there's, you know, it, it, he might get to his third or fourth year for consideration, and he's making twice as much as a rookie because of the graduated salary, and he might be better than that rookie. But they're doing math equations, and they're like, you know, um, hey, we've, you know, the guy thinks he's going to keep playing. He still lives at a level that's above. He has no money coming in, because remember, you're paid once a week for 17 weeks. So it's not like it's spread over the year like a teacher's salary. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the money's going away, the money's going away, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're a year or two out of the league and, you know, you haven't adjusted your lifestyle. You know, maybe you have, you know, maybe you're paying child support and you're paying it at a level that's, that's higher than, you know, what your salary is. Or you, may, you have, uh, you know, you're carrying a house in two different markets because you played for one team and then you got released and then you went to another market. So uh, there's a, there's, it, it's, not, it's not flashy. You know, and, and, and I'm not saying that's what happens to everybody, but it happens to more guys. So we're really focused on rapid player transition. The faster a guy can go from being cut to being, um, 
you know, out there working and, and adjusting his lifestyle, the less likely it is that they will end up broke. Well, my thought is, is have a game plan while you're playing on what you're going to do after you're done playing. And when you're done playing, and make the connections while you play, because you know you can open up any door while you're playing. After you've done so, make sure that it sets in front of you as a big folder of, of, of who you've made contacts with, what your kind of plans are next. Now you can make that true decision, and retiring isn't such a daunting now, you know, task. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off there. Do you, if when you were playing... And say you were making the year you were making the most money that you, that you made mm-hmm. the the one year where you made the most. It was probably the third or fourth year, right? Yeah. Well, you're in Miami. Fifth. It was probably fifth. Okay, year. so I went CBA route right. and then back to the NBA. Right. Yeah. So, would you have listened? I think I would have. And the only reason why no, I say that, I think I would. I'm not negating your yeah. point, but it, obviously revision is history, and and hindsight, I throw up every time somebody says that. But the 2020 I, thing, but I think I would have. I know many won't, but I also understand that my job is to play basketball. Give me the ball, get out of the way. You know what I mean? And that was where my focus was. I will say that. And at that age, I will play forever. Right. I will play yeah. forever. Right. So why would you listen to your own advice that you're giving now if you think that you're going to play for 15 years and make a million dollars a year? And that's where I think those two years of after I was done playing and I missed it going to the NBRPA, not even hearing about it, I think it's kind of on the NBRPA to make sure that it's known to the athletes now that, guess what? So as soon as you sign a contract, you are going to be a former player. And that wasn't ever introduced to me. Sure. I understand there's a lot more avenues now, uh, like Athlife, well, like yeah. Athlife for but during and after. John, do you think that there should be a financial literacy class taught in college once you sign that scholarship paper? Like expecting well, that you I, can I make it to the, the co- NBA or the N- yeah, NFL? I think the colleges and the leagues and the unions have, and I know it probably doesn't seem that way because guys are still walking away broke. They are spending an inordinate amount of resources to do that, especially on the college side now, they're giving guys this cost of living adjustment, right? And so schools are educating them on, hey, you're going to get this check, and here's how you can budget it. And in the end, though, it'd be just like any of us. If I gave you ten grand right now, um, you know, and I told you, hey, it'd be, you would be much better off if you put that in the bank and let it ride till you're 65, because of compounding interest, you're like, forget about that. I'm going to buy a new car, whatever. Right. A lot of people end up making that choice of, of, you know, maybe not following the advice they're getting. I think that they do. Uh, I think that they do an awful lot of education, but they can't take the guy's money from them and do something with it. I think the NBA probably has done the most in terms of currently right now with putting making it so if a guy plays you know, a half dozen years, they're probably going to be in pretty good shape because of their severance packages and when they're able to get the different checks. Yeah, and and, and it has changed. And and you look back, you know, 20 years later, and gosh, I wish I knew now, but isn't that just life in general? It's interesting to see the inductions of the um, uh, Hall of Fame right now. So the Basketball Hall of Fame is going on, and they're all being inducted tomorrow. All, I say. I'm going to mention a couple. We're talking about money. Uh, Shaq and Yao are two that are being inducted tomorrow, and one is 
Allen Iverson. So you know, it's, it's interesting. Everyone knows that Allen had his issues. But even when Allen went through and did what he did, I believe it was the shoe company that put aside a bunch of money for what was him. It? it was at 35. Yeah, yeah. It was between 30 and 40, right? So even back then, you know, and he's my age, you know, so even back then, they were there. at least someone was kind of looking out for him because he straight up blew all his money. Just straight up, you know, just well, child support was a, a lot. That, yeah. the, and that's that's what defun- that's what uh stopped that from happening. Is that correct? Stopped them from keeping that money until he was 50 or, or whatever age it was because he couldn't make his child support payments? Is that accurate, yeah, that John? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I'm th- I'm thinking that it had something along to do with okay. that. You know, um, but then you think about Yao and, and, and you know, I'm don't know if he belongs in the hall, but he's going because he has a billion, five hundred million people following him over in China. That being said, he had a pretty short career and an injured career, you know, but he's been relevant. I mean, he's made money, you know, and he did. He circled back and started a winery. So yeah. he's got his but own wine. He, he was got, also the poster child for David true. Stern's big thing yeah. of globalizing the sport. And look at all, he got millions and millions and millions of votes for the All-Star Game, so people were watching. It was bringing more influx of money to the NBA. I mean, Yao Ming did a lot of amazing things for the NBA that nobody's going to think of, because David Stern's going to get all the credit for globalizing the game. And then Shaq has remained relevant over the years. I mean, he was just on Bear Grylls, right? So he's found a way to continue. He's been relevant forever. Yeah, and he's the same person when he came. He's the same little goofball kid when he came in as a rookie as he is now. So it's so fun to see him not change. He's the same person. Speaking with yeah, John Harris, oh, please. completed his undergrad, got a master's, and got a doctorate. True. And he really leveraged his platform. I mean, he's, this is a guy who, in the offseason, you know, did movies and he did, you know, he was a, a cop and he did all, he mm-hmm. got all these great experiences. And I think that, you know, helped him stay relevant yeah. because he, he extended out, you know, a lot of times with athletes while they're active. They're very insular, and they're trying to keep people away because everybody wants something. And it's a hard thing to do to be out there but to be able to say no. And that's the biggest thing, um, you know, the, one of the biggest challenges guys face. They make it, and there's a lot of people that kind of help them along the way, and they feel indebted to them. Right. And sure. so, you know, they, they might go through that first contract pretty quick, and if they never get that second contract, um, they're going to end up right back where they started. Yeah, and it's interesting, and, and we'll touch on this really quick because we're going to have to get out of here in a couple minutes. I want to finish up with Athlife. It seems like family is a big deal, too, with regards to saving money. Like, you have Shaq was a family man. I know he went through a messy divorce, but he had he loved his kids. He was on cribs. Him and his wife seemed to be in love, and he just... It's like LeBron and Steph. Mm. You have these the two biggest guys on the planet with regards to the NBA. They make well, LeBron makes a lot more than Steph does, but they're family people, and they try to keep out of you know the media's eye and whatnot. It's just interesting to see the the organic nature of their lives when they just happen to play basketball, and it's not like that for everybody. So you have, I mean, it's just it's just crazy to think. So, Jonathan Harris, president of Athlife.com, thank you so much for joining us. Um, the Life Leet is what the Athlife Foundation is based upon. Is that safe to say? Yeah, I mean, it, it really, we it, much like on the post-professional and professional and collegiate athletes, the, the, the work we do in the high school level is really about putting the student-athlete first and putting that kid who's really in, I mean, they're in some of the toughest schools. I mean, we had a school in Brooklyn where it's a second-chance school for you know kids who really didn't make it at any other school and they have a sports-based curriculum and we you know we we help through funding and training um a position who works with some of those student athletes you know in extending the day and and in being able to get these students to 
to understand that there's if they can get through this high school experience and they're going to they're going to have so many more opportunities available to them. I mean, I think the statistics are uh, one out of every two kids who doesn't graduate high school goes to jail. Wow. So it's having that type of impact, um, you know, and, and think about what that does in terms of the impact in our communities. So, I mean, if you're increasing graduation rates at schools, you're talking about turning around whole communities. And that's where our focus is. And I love the stuff we do on the post-professional and the professional and collegiate, but we really are making so much more impact in terms of numbers on the high school level. John, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a real treat for us. We got to learn a lot about Athlife.com and and as and the, the mental thought process of former and current athletes alike as a whole. So thank you so much, and hopefully we'll have you on the next uh, month or so. Great. Well, uh, love the conversation, guys, and uh, love what you guys are doing. Fish, good catching up, and Thanks, uh, I know we'll do it soon. Thanks, John. Again, thank you so much. You're doing so much great things out there. I really, really appreciate it. And I'm serious, man. We need. I need to jump on that. What you're doing in the communities, because out here, that's. I didn't hear you mention Phoenix, and I can. I can be that kind. It's only hot here three months a it's year. Getting, it's cooling okay, off. It's cooling John. off. It's cooling off. That was John Harris. John, thank you again so much, yeah. man. This has been. Uh, this is a good. Every everyone seems to get better. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's 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 really really good. We got to get out of here. Uh, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio again. Follow Matt Fish on at on Twitter at Rebound Talk. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Go to VoiceAmerica.tv. Click on the Rebound logo. Watch all the videos, including the video that I the interview I did with Jonathan Harris, the one man we just had, president of Athlife.com, the Life Fleet. Check it out. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week.